Hello, and welcome to the Digital Mums podcast. Subscribe and tune in for topics important to us, to you and your career. We cover everything from the latest digital and social trends to the future of work, those important diversity and equality issues, and we also have a regular segment helping you with common challenges around working and raising a family. Hello and welcome to the Digital Mums podcast. Now every year we like to do a look at each of the main social media platforms and how they've evolved over the previous year, what updates and developments and new features etc have been introduced and then we like to look ahead just to give you a sense of what does it mean then for you going forward. And one of the reasons that we like to do this is for anyone that is managing smaller business accounts, because there's always these massive trends like AR, which is augmented reality. But you know, the average business like Digital Moms isn't going to be having its own AR filters anytime soon. So we like to translate this into what it means for the average smaller business that doesn't have these kinds of budgets. So this is the first in a series and we're going to be looking at our favorite platform at Digital Moms today, which is Instagram. And I actually can't believe that Instagram has turned 10. So it's 10 years old, which just seems slightly bonkers. So Instagram is our favorite platform. And the reason for that is that we love the visual creative side of social media marketing and Instagram is such a perfect social media platform for this. It's evolved hugely over the past decade. When it first started, it was all about a place to showcase and share your photos and it just had the grid. But now we've got so much going on in Instagram. We've got stories, we've got IGTV, we've got guides, we've got reels, we've got video chat options. It's just all happening and it can start to feel a little bit overwhelming. And what you might have noticed in the last 12 months is that your own Instagram may have changed layout. So at one point, every single person at Digital Mums had a slightly different version when they opened their app. So some people had a shopping bag icon to take them straight to shop at the bottom. Some people had the reels. Some people had the plus create button in the middle at the bottom. Some people had that at the top. Um, so it, it's been changing a lot because it's been introducing more and more and more formats, features and functionalities. It's been playing around with how to make sure that this isn't overwhelming for the user, whilst also meeting some of Instagram's own business goals, like getting reels taken off, etc. So let's just look at what mainly top level has changed that you really need to know about in the last 12 months and what it might mean for you going forward. So the one that we want to tackle first is Reels. I've mentioned it a couple of times already. And unless you've been living under a rock, you will have noticed that Instagram have launched Reels. So Reels are short form video creative, just like the kinds of content that you see on TikTok. Now, interestingly, for anyone that ever used or was on Vine back in the day, which died a bit of a death because Twitter didn't quite manage to take it forward to where it needed to go, it feels quite like Vine. So when TikTok first launched, it felt like Vine from the old days with fun, creative, short form video and loads of people getting involved. However, it took on some really exciting elements like dance trends. I don't know, you probably noticed the sea shanty trend, which is one of the most random uh, viral trends, I think. Uh, I do think some of these trends are heavily influenced by everyone being in lockdown and being incredibly bored. So who knows what would have happened if we'd not been in lockdown with the sea shanties. But it's basically short form 30, 60 second short form creative video that's copying very much TikTok. So just like they introduced stories to take on Snapchat, they're very worried about TikTok usage. And so they've copied that form of video content. So it's basically Instagram's response to the growing popularity of TikTok. 
So one of the great things about reels is unlike with stories which disappear after 24 hours, they don't disappear. So um, they're kind of filling the gap of that type of creative content that can sit on your feed so it has a longer shelf life than 24 hours. And this means that people are investing a little bit more time in making them a little bit more creative, not necessarily super polished like a YouTube video, but just more fun and creative, just spending a little bit more time perhaps storyboarding some video concepts. Now, when Reels first launched within Instagram, a lot of people did moan that it was a lot harder to create a Reel within Instagram than it was to create a video within TikTok. And it also hasn't got quite as many features and it didn't have a really simple and easy way to use audio. But obviously it was new. So stories when they first launched had some niggles um, and stories have evolved over time. So reels have also starting evolving over time. So the might of Facebook and the budget of Facebook is obviously improving and pushing tweaks to make sure that it is easier and easier to use over time. So when Reels first launched, you probably noticed that it was mainly just people repurposing their TikTok videos. The vast majority of Reels had a TikTok logo. And that's partly because people don't want to have to create two different formats and they were already creating videos within TikTok itself and wanted to reuse them, right? So that just makes sense. Even though when Instagram creators are making reels within Instagram for Instagram, they do seem still to be based on things that are trending on TikTok. So reels doesn't seem to be starting trends like TikTok in the same way. So, you know, I talked a bit about the sea shanties, but there's also loads of stupid dances and things like that. And they don't seem to be taking off on reels. And what that really says is that a lot of the creatives are probably still using TikTok first and foremost. Uh, and interestingly, what has happened is that Instagram have now tweaked the algorithm to stop people from sharing videos that have got that TikTok watermark. They don't want to constantly be giving TikTok free advertising. And this is quite a new change. So it'll be interesting to see going forward in 2021 what this does for Instagram Reel creation. And these are quite similar problems to what Instagram had when they launched IGTV. So Reels is very much something to rival TikTok. IGTV, which if you don't know, is long form video content, kind of up to an hour, was Instagram's response to try to take on YouTube. So uh, when IGTV first launched, there was there were a lot of niggles there. Lots of people were just repurposing their YouTube content, etc. So it does seem like it's quite similar in terms of the problems. So we think going forward, Reels has got definitely a bit of an uphill struggle. Uh, lots of publishers are reportedly now not so keen to just go all in with Reels and leave TikTok. Lots of creators are probably going to start making content in a different app and then sharing to TikTok and Reels. Or what you can also do is a simple hack to take the watermark TikTok off your video to then share it to Reels. So we don't think that this change to the algorithm is suddenly going to see all the creators just move to Reels and ignore TikTok because TikTok is massive. So Reels definitely has a little bit of an uphill struggle. You know, if it wants to be something that is more than just this quirky, format that isn't going to be taken too seriously, then there's going to be a lot that they need to do. However, as always, Instagram has got a lot of money and a big team of people to test and also a lot of users to test with. So do not rule it out just yet. Now, one of the most frustrating things about Reels for the smaller businesses is that you don't have the music option on a business account. So we have seen some people switch from a business account to a creator account, which means that you then get music. Now, sometimes people do have music on a business account. That is more uh, just a bug. So that is quite rare. 
it's an exception to the rule. And the reason business accounts don't have access to this music is because Instagram doesn't have a commercial license for people to use it. Because obviously if you're a business, suddenly you're managing to use this David Bowie track for free on your business account, right? And uh, that's, you know, not, if you think about the fact that when people create an advert on television, how much money are they paying for a commercial license to use that music? So that's, that's the reason why that you do not have access to Beyonce, which is very irritating. They have now though, introduced some basic audio that you can use. And it's a little bit easier to kind of save the audio that's already being used in Reels, because I don't know if you are on TikTok, but one of the things that is big is that someone will do a TikTok with the music in the background, and it could also just be audio and someone talking. Don't know if you've ever seen the amazing, love it, couldn't wear it, love it, couldn't wear it. So everyone can replicate that by taking the audio and pushing it onto their own TikTok and then recreating something over the top. So I could just be changing my outfit, but in the background would be, love it, couldn't wear it. Or I could get Cooper to wear outfits, love it, couldn't wear it. So they've definitely improved that side of things on Reels so that you now do have that option of taking audio, kind of scraping audio from other Reels and then pushing it onto your own. And that is one of the reasons that TikTok is much better at pushing these trend creations based on audio that people are already using. So Reels wants to try and pull this over to Instagram. And it has done. And it definitely means that now, Digital Moms has got much better audio features when we want to make a Reel. Do we have Beyonce? Does it make us happy? No, we don't. So you might say, well, why, why don't you switch to a creator account? Well, creators account are set up for creators, not for businesses. Creator accounts in and of themselves have evolved over time and they are designed for an influencer that is creating content. And you don't know where and how that is gonna evolve in the future. And it already has slightly different functionality to a business account. So I don't really advise switching to a creator account because you're not a creator, you're a business, even though it is incredibly irritating. So, um, but, Top line there are, it is better than it was before to make a reel using some audio features that they do now have. So a great benefit of reels for you as a smaller business is that because it's new and Instagram really want to get it off the ground and to rival TikTok usage, the algorithm does love a reel. So it's trying to standardize the use of reels and get people over onto reels formats, which means that it will show your reels to more people than say a story. We've tested this out. We've only done reels on a small scale at the moment because we're really just storyboarding and coming up with, with what our real strategy is. But essentially you can reach people that aren't following you. If you do a really great reel, then you know it could get pushed out onto the explore page and also the suggested reels and the Reels tab in the main navigation bar. So lots of potential to get your content in front of people and particularly people that are not already following you. So that's gonna be a really big benefit of having a go at creating Reels. However, Reels really is for creative content. So you can do a simple piece to camera talking into the camera like you do maybe with a story or an IGTV that's not really what it's for though. So uh, while you might get a, a good response from the algorithm while it's just pushing reels, when they do launch proper insights for reels, which they haven't got at the moment, so you can see you know, how many people viewed it, how long for ideally would be great, um, and you know, reactions and engagements and things like that, then uh, you might find that these piece to cameras are really not doing that well because that's not really what Reels are all about, right? So you don't really get so much of that on TikTok, sort of more like thought leadership speaking into the camera. That doesn't mean you can't do it though. And I think as always, what we say is just test out different formats, but really they are meant to be fast and fun. So um, we also don't really advise doing the kind of pointing to text, pointing to text. We've seen a lot of people do that. It's become quite old and tired very quickly, but you do want to not have a lot of text and you want to come up with some sort of fast, fun and creative ideas. So, you know, the algorithm will give priority at the moment. That will stop at some point. So 
do play around with loads of different options and creative ideas for your reels and then um, just see what is landing, what's working, what's getting you the most reach, most engagement, etc. So in terms of just some ideas of what you could go for, so fun and creative educational content, if you do things like how-tos, you know, just simple guides and things like that. So make them simple, not too heavy, make them very visual uh, and make them kind of sequence flow through a, through a kind of single video. So step one, step two, step three, step four. If you've ever seen those really lovely, simple recipe ideas where it just says X of flour, puts it in the bowl, X of raisins, puts it in the bowl. That's the kind of simplicity that you are going for when you are creating more educational Reels content. If you're lucky enough to have beautiful products, Reels are gonna now be shoppable, and so you're obviously gonna want some really nice, simple, creative video to showcase your products. Different ways for you to do that, but just go and immerse yourself in what other people in your space are doing. So a really simple stop motion style is always really effective, showcasing the products in situ. So jewelry, someone wearing the jewelry, so you could have you know, jewelry in the box, it comes out of the box, you've got lovely tissue paper, it's on a desk, suddenly someone's wearing it. You know, again, you're telling a really simple story. So when you've got shoppable reels, of course, then you are going to be able, people will be able to shop within three clicks, purchase your product straight away, view products, you know, the usual shopping experience. And so for you guys, you really want to take this seriously. However, what if you don't have products and you're like more of a service brand, you're gonna to need to be a lot more creative. Difficult for me to say how, because I don't know what it is you do, but Digital Moms are a service brand and we do online training. I'm currently just working on a really simple reel, which is all about us delivering our masterclasses. So um, you know, you've just got to try and think how to bring that to life. I'm bringing that to life by just having, so me delivering the masterclass, I'm delivering this masterclass, hi everyone, and then I'm gonna to switch to Nikki, then I'm gonna to switch to Richard, and I'm gonna sort of use that thing that's quite popular obviously on TikTok and Reels where you know you shift from one to another. So I'm just gonna have a go at that. That's just one example. So you've got to come up with some creative ideas and again, do a bit of research and immerse yourself in what other people are doing and just see if you can kind of replicate that for your brand. So one, educational, two, showcase your products and services. And then finally, number three, have a go at telling maybe your brand story. So just like with stories formats, people do love who's behind the brand, behind the scenes. So maybe bring your brand to life by telling an interesting story about your brand with visual videos. Maybe bring the team into it, behind the scenes, that kind of thing. So again, try and be as creative as possible but your third option is to have a go at telling your brand story. Now, no one knows exactly how the Reels algorithm works just yet. So what we're advising for smaller businesses, just in case, use hashtags, have descriptive captions that try and get people to engage with you. So, you know, usual, like you do on the other platforms, asking questions, etc. Because it's highly likely that having engagements, likes, comments and shares are going to impact the algorithm because that's how the algorithm works for all the other formats. So it just stands to reason that that's likely to be the case. So you want to try and encourage engagement. Definitely use hashtags just in case. Don't have the TikTok watermark or you'll be heavily penalized. One of the things that Instagram have come out and said is that their most popular reels are vertical videos that do use the music library or sound. So make sure that they do have sound, don't have them as silent. So that is one key learning. Next, very little text. So the reels that were the most popular had very little text on them. Again, as I've said, it's a creative video format. Do not have lots of text. Make sure they're not blurry. They don't need to be super professional, but they do need to look at a certain level of quality. So you don't want them to be blurry. Don't have borders or anything around the edge and make them fun and entertaining. So the most popular reels are fun and entertaining. So if you are even doing educational content, that's fine, just make them fun. So anything you're doing behind the scenes, fun and entertaining, lighthearted. 
So it'll be really interesting to see whether more serious brands can see success with more serious content because that's just not what that format is designed for. But as always, you can always have a go at testing. What we're likely to see then in 2021 in the coming months is just much better user experience on creating reels within Instagram itself. There'll probably be more creative options just like when they launched stories and they were just constantly testing new and fun creative options within stories. So it's likely that more and more functionality will become available and it will be more and more easy to create video within Instagram Reels itself. And if you're gonna to struggle to make Reels, then ads are soon coming to Reels. So instead of doing you know constant and continuous Reels for your brand, you'll be able to cheat a little bit and pay to play and just invest in maybe a small number of high quality reels and push those out as ads. Don't just reuse your stories ads though that you've already got just because they happen to be the same size. You want to try and come up with reels ads specifically for reels. So that's reels a lot. And I think if you started listening to this, you probably thought, okay, she's definitely gonna talk about reels and I did. And that's probably the biggest chunk of what I am gonna talk about in this podcast episode on changes to Instagram because that's obviously one of the biggest changes. Stories are still there though. What's been going on with stories? Well, um, there's been some data that's shown when it comes to ads, certain stories are doing better outperforming on the ad side, which I think is useful to take onto your organic stories as well. So again, stories, ads with sound drive better results, just like the real sound better results. Adding stickers to static stories ads is not proving to be that effective. So just having like a really static story and then popping a couple of stickers over the top, uh, not that effective. And I think lots of people have just been resizing the ads they were using for the grid to put onto stories and then adding a couple of stickers just to make it be like, oh, it's all right, it's a story. So again, as with everything, if you are doing advertising, don't reuse ad creative from one platform to another. Redesign your ad creative for stories. Redesign your ad creative for reels. Don't just repurpose. That's the key learning there if you are doing advertising. Annoyingly though, that does also suggest that when you are doing your organic activity, that just designing content specifically for the format and placement, so starting from scratch with a grid post, really thinking about how to translate what you want to say onto stories, thinking about how that content is gonna work for reels, it really does suggest that that is the strategy, the best way to go, rather than what we sometimes do at Digital Moms because we're a very small business with not a huge amount of time for content, is we'll create a grid post and then using Canva, we resize that to go onto stories. We will slightly redesign it and tweak it, but we don't have a piece of content designed from scratch for all the different placement options all the time because that just starts to become very overwhelming and really time consuming. But what this data from the ad success is telling us is that that is probably the way to go, which let's face it, we did really know at Digital Moms. It's just that we don't have the time to do it. So if you're also a small business, I think it's just useful for you to know that you're probably gonna see the greatest success if you're designing for all the placement options from scratch. However, if you're like us and you know you will be a little bit time poor and budget poor, it's not the end of the world if you're gonna try and resize and rework the content, but you'll definitely get the best results if you redesign from scratch for each of the placements. Interestingly, what the ad data also showed was that mobile shot stories outperformed studio shot ads. So anything that was just shot using the phone and then put together was actually a lot better than the really uber professional sort of channel four level looking advertising. And what that says is that people are looking for a bit more authenticity. Now, it doesn't mean that those mobile shot stories were really dodgy and a little bit blurry and had really bad sound. So that doesn't mean that you can get away with really low quality on your ads and also to a certain extent on your organic, but you could definitely get away with a bit more than you would normally be able to get away with. So we think generally using a mic is good because the iPhone microphone's not that great. However, the, the camera itself on the iPhone is brilliant, the video is brilliant there, 
Um, so just, you know, make sure you've got good composition and your videos are staged nicely and you've got lots of space around someone's head, that kind of thing. As long as you do meet those level of requirements, that's great. You don't need to go all out with ridiculous uber shot camera. Instagram is testing restricting sharing of feed posts to stories. Now, if you don't know what that means, when you go onto the grid, there's like a little arrow, which means share, and then you can share the post that's on the grid to a story. So interestingly, Instagram is seeing a lot of stories are just regurgitated feed posts. And from users have said that maybe there's just too many stories of this type. So they are testing, restricting the sharing of the feed post to stories. Now, personally, we think the reason that people are doing this is because that's one of the only ways to share curated content. So content that other people have shared. So if we see something from Mother Pucker or Holly Tucker, who we love, and we want to help them get more eyeballs on what they're doing. For example, you know, Mother Pucker is pushing the gender pay gap reporting, and we want to help her do that. So we would like to share her post onto our stories. And we think that that is happening quite a lot. If they essentially had a retweet function within Instagram, obviously people would do that to share someone's post to their grid, but there isn't that option. So we think this is why you, if you were doing this, are probably sharing feed posts to your stories. It's also a nice way of being able to share your customer generated content. So for example, if someone puts in their grid that they studied with us and had a really great experience, we might then share that grid post to our stories. So you're probably doing similar things to us, but it's just useful to know that Instagram are um, getting some feedback that that's just happening too much and they want more original stories. So they're just testing, restricting it. Whether they completely restrict in the future or not remains to be seen, but it's possible. But what this means for you is don't do too much of that. Don't share feed posts to stories too much because what, what might end up happening is that Instagram will let you do it but the algorithm might notice that you're doing it and give you a slightly lower reach on your stories. That's a potential. So just use it just in a restrictive way. Don't go crazy. They've also tested not having the reactions go into your direct messages. So if you push a story out and someone gives it a like or, you know, presses the clap and, or, or you know, the emoji face, then obviously that goes into then your DMs. So they're testing having reactions not go into your DMs. There's pros and cons of this. I have to say that sometimes when we push out a story, loads of people react to it, and then suddenly our DMs are a bit flooded. Um, I can see that that isn't a great experience for us because we don't necessarily then go back to all those people. It's also good though, because they've then slid into your DMs. So in terms of the relationship building, it can be positive. So there's, there's pros and cons to that. And it'll just be interesting to see what Instagram end up doing, you know, if they'll take them out of the DMs or not. But it's just, again, interesting for you as a smaller business to know that they are just playing around with making sure that your user experience is as good as possible. Last year's podcast, where we looked back at everything that had happened in 2019 and then predicted what that would then mean for you in 2020, was very heavily focused on stories, stories, options and creative formats, everything that had been introduced to stories because a lot had changed. Not that much has changed in the last year because stories have really kind of settled down. There's been a few different creative elements. There's a new photo booth mode where it just takes four shots. It's not actually that great because what I really want is for it to turn into the proper photo booth where you get the four little photos in a line coming down. Obviously, that doesn't happen. Uh, but it could be, you know, fun things to do for uh, young people with their mates or whatever once we're out of lockdown. They also introduced some new fonts and animated text effects which keep disappearing and reappearing on our account, which is kind of annoying. And they're auto captioning and they are testing this new full screen stories browsing experience, which looks a little bit more like the way that you browse through TikTok. Um, but we don't have that yet and we don't know whether they're rolling that out yet. But just in terms of you as a small business, then uh, what you just need to know is that stories have become really well established. So do experiment with new creative features as they come out. However, you're not getting new creative features every three seconds like you felt like we were in 2019. 
But what that means is stories is very much here to stay. And if you are not using stories, you really do need to be using stories. So that is just your top headline there. And just remember what we've discussed so far in terms of best practice. You want sound. Uh, you want to try and design stories for the stories format rather than just repurposing stuff that you've got on the grid as much as possible. Mobile shot stories, outperform studio shot ads, which is obviously really great for small businesses that are not doing anything in a massive studio. Um, and just, just be careful not to push too many grid posts to your stories. So next up, let's have a look at what's been going on with IGTV. So if you don't know, IGTV is Instagram's long form video content. So essentially, it's a bit like their YouTube and it's 60 seconds to 60 minutes. So this is where you just put any of your longer content. So stories 15 seconds each. Obviously, you could do more than one. Um, we don't advise doing any more than seven because then you just do start to see kind of big drop offs. So stories are 15 seconds. Reels are kind of 30 to 60 seconds. But IGTV is 60 seconds to 60 minutes. So it was Instagram taking on YouTube. And when it first launched, it really did fall totally flat. No one really was using it. Um, and it was a bit like, what is IGTV? And you couldn't really find it uh, on the grids and that kind of thing. So it was kind of a bit badly designed when it launched. But obviously, Instagram have been investing more and more time in kind of really nailing the IGTV experience. And it is definitely improved. There's a few things that I think it's worth noting, even though you aren't creators. But one of the reasons that IGTV has started to take off a bit more is that they're pulling YouTube creators over onto Instagram. And that's partly because they've got better options for them to kind of monetize their content, partly because Instagram's massively popular, obviously, so the audiences are there and their accounts are growing faster, but also partly because they don't need to invest in studio shot videos that are really high broadcast quality like YouTube. So sometimes when I'm on YouTube, it's kind of, it just feels like I'm watching Channel 4 or BBC. It's so high end now. Whereas IGTV to me feels a bit more like vlogging from a few years ago. Uh, you know, a bit more like maybe YouTube in like the old days. And that type of content is fine and works really well. So they don't need to invest so much, these top creators, in their IGTV content. And then Instagram obviously also testing ads within the videos as well. So again, further monetization options. So even though you're not a creator, what that means for you is IGTV is becoming a bit more popular. People are more used to it. What's also happened since we did the last podcast is it's much easier now to find IGTV. It's got its own nice little TV icon that um, just tells everyone that's where the IGTV content is. And then what we also really like is that you now can really easily add IGTV. So if you go to do a live, that can really easily be turned into an IGTV. So it's a great place for your lives to go. And then also what we love is that you can now add a preview of your IGTV to the grid so it isn't so hidden, which helps to push people to your IGTV. And then what we also love is you can, you know, we've got the option of adding a really nice thumbnail so you can still make it look good because when they first did it, it just looked really annoying and you'd have to have yourself doing some weird freeze face that maybe wasn't that attractive. But now you can have a really nice thumbnail. So basically, uh, it's just made it more, um, just more accessible for a business and there's more reason to do it because you can push people to your IGTV content. So it's just the place for your longer form video content to live. Now you might say, should I put it on IGTV or should I put it on YouTube? Now the thing about having a YouTube channel is that you do need a consistent and constant video strategy rather than just the random ad hoc videos. And so one of the good things about IGTV is it's a home for your ad hoc videos. You don't always have to be doing regular videos. Whereas if you want your YouTube channel to kind of take off, then it's about having these, you know, these just very regular and consistent videos that you're sharing all the time. The other thing to ask yourself, obviously, is about your audiences and things like that. But what I will say is put your long form video content onto IGTV, even if you've already got it on YouTube. Now, you could argue, well, well is that going to stop people from going and subscribing to my YouTube channel? Um, you know, maybe some people, but maybe those people are not really on YouTube. I never subscribe to YouTube channels, but I'm always watching Trini and uh, from Trini and Susanna's IGTVs. 
So, you know, don't restrict people. Don't try and force people to do something that they don't want to do. One of the things that I will say, though, about IGTV is that Instagram has not published how many views they get on IGTV, which they really did on stories. You know, they were like always, we've got this many million stories users, this many million stories users, watching it kind of climb up and up and up. And the reason that they published that data is because it was high. So if they're not publishing how many views they're getting on IGTV, then it's likely that they're just not as high as they would like. So that's usually the case with all the social media platforms. You know, if they don't let you know what their user numbers are or active user numbers, then they're just not as high as they want them to be. So that's usually the way. So it's obvious to me that they are not competing with YouTube yet, not even close. But who knows what they can do to change that. And that doesn't mean that you can't get good views on your own IGTV. So do have a go. And if you're thinking, I haven't got time to be making short form video content, long form video content, then one of the nice ways to use IGTV is to go live on your stories and then pop that on your IGTV for people to watch later. And everyone and anyone should be able to go live on their Instagram. And, you know, you can do thought leadership stuff, drop in surgeries, uh, how to's, you know, new product line launches, any and all of the above, but just have a go at going live, playing around with that type of long form video content and then pushing it up to IGTV and then just see how you get on. So that's Reels, Stories and IGTV. There's a new format that I need to tell you about and it's called Guides. Now this went a little bit more under the radar and it was nothing like Reels, but Guides launched. And we'd been hearing rumors for quite a long time that Instagram were going to enable public collections. So if you're not sure what collections are, when you go onto your Instagram grid and you look at a post, you've got a bookmark option to save that post. Now there's lots of rumors going around that a save is worth more than a comment to the algorithm. I can neither confirm nor deny this as um, others cannot confirm nor deny because Instagram have not come out and said this publicly, but it's a rumor that's been going around. I do think it's an interesting rumor though, particularly when you put guides on the table and collections. So rumors were going around initially that Instagram was going to enable public collections. So you could make your collections public to anyone, so anyone could see them. Because when you bookmark a post and save it, it would then just go in your private collection. So you could then go and look through. So for example, let's just say I, um, on my personal account, um, obsessed with interior design and homewares and things like that. So I can then bookmark and save any posts that I think are just really inspirational. And you might be now thinking, oh, this actually sounds a little bit like Pinterest. And you're right, it's quite like Pinterest, but only I could see them. So I'm just curating this gorgeous feed of all these lovely interior designs that I can save and go back to later. Pinterest does the same thing, but obviously Pinterest, everyone would then be able to see my board if I set it to public. So I've got then the option of everyone being able to see my inspirational interior designs. So there were all these rumors that Instagram was going to let people put their collections as public, feeling like it was starting to maybe rival Pinterest or wanted to take on Pinterest, just like IGTV taking on YouTube, Reels taking on TikTok, Stories taking on Snapchat. So I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that this was something that Instagram are looking to do or they are interested in looking to do. So we were very interested in this, obviously at Digital Mums, because suddenly we were a bit like, oh, it's a kind of a Pinterest style vibe going on. And we think it kind of made sense as well to have these collections so that other people could see them. So this was all happening. And then all of a sudden, what happened mid sort of lockdown pandemic was Instagram launched something called guides. And they positioned guides as a way of people being able to share helpful content in the pandemic. That's kind of how they originally were talking about it. So what is a guide? So basically you can add a number of posts to a guide and they can be your posts from your grid or they can be from other people's accounts. So again, a little bit like you can create a Pinterest board which just curates uh, stuff that you found that you really like. That's, that's what a guide essentially is because you can have your own posts on there or 
you can have other people's posts and guides sit on your Instagram account. So um, if you haven't seen them or you don't know where they are, it's you have to find an account that has published guides. So go and have a look at the Digital Moms account. Just above the grid, there's now a set of icons. This is where IGTV lives, Reels lives, and Guides lives. Guide icon is kind of like an open newspaper. Uh, I've noticed that ASOS is using them, but loads of people that you think, oh, they should be using guides. Uh, I went to have a look at the IKEA account because I thought, okay, IKEA must be using them. Surely they're basically pulling together posts from their own account that fit into certain themes, right? Maybe like all the kitchen posts, because essentially it's just a way of them pulling their posts into one place. I think it's unlikely that large brands like that are gonna be sharing other people's posts to their guide. And ASOS have also been using them. So just go and have a look at what Digital Moms and ASOS have got if, if you wanna go and see where the guides sit. So why would you use guides then, I suppose? That's like a really good question as a smaller business. Uh, why would you or should you be using guides? One of the nice ways to use guides is just to pull together your posts. So what we did at Digital Moms, we've just got a range of blogs and thought leadership content on social media marketing, tips and things like that. And that will sit on our grid in and amongst all sorts of other content, you know, lockdown, pandemic parenting, uh, you know, just any and all stuff, gender equality. So stuff that is, that's just sort of slightly irrelevant to that topic of social media marketing, because we talk about loads of stuff at Digital Moms on our Instagram. So if you were trying to pick out all of our social media marketing tips and things like that, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that straightforward. So what Guides has enabled us to do is just pull together a series of blogs just into one guide. So if you go into that guide, they're all in one place. So that is, um, that's kind of quite a nice way to use them. So you could use them if you were a service-based business, sharing thought leadership content in exactly the same way. You could also use guides to pull together your product ranges. So let's just say you've got 20 different grid posts of individual products, but they're all candles and they all fit under your candle range, or maybe you know they're all jumpers and they fit under your knitwear range. Then you can create a guide that just pulls together all of your knitwear. So they're really good for kind of product ranges as well. Another way that you can use them is to pull together testimonials. So let's just say you've got case studies and testimonials in your Instagram grid, then you could pull all those into one place. We would probably have multiple guides for those because we have different courses. So anyone that is a case study of our foundation in social media marketing course would be pulled into a guide potentially. So that's how you can use them. Officially, when you go to create a guide, you have the option of choosing a guide for places, products, or posts. Places is kind of like, I don't know, like locations that you love. So we, we wouldn't really use that because we are you know, UK wide for a start and we don't really have anything to do with locations. But you know, if you were a luxury travel business, for example, then you might have really lovely inspirational places and you could put all your favorite beach destinations perhaps into one guide or your city destinations into another guide, that kind of thing. So places could be useful. It might also be useful if you're a very local business and you can kind of pull together more precise locations in your area. So let's just say you only operated in Sussex, for example, and it could be a place that people would go to find amazing places in Sussex. And obviously you're adding value then to your Sussex customer base. So that's how you might use places. Products I've already touched on. So you can obviously add all your products into different ranges for your guides. And then posts, that is just any and all posts that are either on your grid or other people's grids, etc. Um, so you can just pull together, say, all your blog posts, the ones that link out to your blogs, like we've done at Digital Moms, etc. So um, really, places is for places, products is specifically for products, and posts is kind of for everything else. So they've just like you, that, that's just one that can be used in like lots of different ways. So as I've said, not very many accounts are using them. And if you can't see the icon, they don't have any guides. So if you, again, as I've said, want to go and check out what does a guide look like, ASOS have got them, Digital Moms have got them, and it's a little newspaper icon. So what we wanna know is, is this the first flirtation of Instagram having a go at taking on Pinterest? Interesting, discuss. Uh, so it'll be just really interesting to see how that evolves going forward.
So those are really the main changes. And then um, just one final thing that I thought it was worth mentioning in terms of just like format and functionality is the video chat option. So a new rooms tab has been spotted in Instagram's messaging section and Facebook are developing audio to take on Clubhouse. Will that be coming onto Instagram or not? Nobody really knows yet, but it could be because people already have the capacity to do video chat on Instagram. So maybe, you know, they think, okay, audio chat is gonna be something that easily people could offer, who knows? So could audio rooms come to Instagram in 2021? Maybe. Personally, we don't really think that real, real estate experience makes sense. We think the most natural place to sit the audio connection functionality that they're looking at would be layering it over Facebook groups, just to add an extra element to that. But it could also be that Facebook are just gonna create a new app, um, which would feel strange given that they have so many already, uh, but, uh, and that there's so many users of those. So to me, it would make sense that they would layer it on top of groups, but who knows? All we know is that they are developing an audio option to rival the clubhouse, the Twitter uh, space, all of that kind of thing. So um, just just worth noting that the messaging area of Instagram could could evolve in that way. So in terms of big algorithm changes, that was another thing that we kind of covered in the last one. There's not been major algorithm changes that have been publicly discussed by Instagram. So Instagram have not come out and said, this is the way the algorithm now works. We like this, we don't like this. Um, other than some of the stuff that I've touched on already where I've talked about where they have given data around best practice for various elements. So the kind of biggest change really is the algorithm uh, promoting reels, which we do know. So reels definitely are loved by the algorithm right now, which is always the way when it's um, a new type of format. Uh, what we also do know is that creator accounts need to share a lot of content. This is one of the reasons that you maybe don't want to switch your business account to a creator account, but they need to share regular grid posts, regular stories, regular reels, and regular IGTV. And when I say regular, I mean every single week. So you need to do grids, reels, stories, and IGTV every single week. So that is going to be a lot of content in a lot of different formats for creators, which uh, you know is gonna be a big challenge for creators themselves, really, particularly if they're trying to also have a presence on the other platforms. So I think what that says is creators just need to go all in on Instagram and they need to seriously commit to all these different uh, areas of formats. Now, when this was released, everyone was speculating, is this the same for business accounts? Um, and Instagram did not come out and say, this is also what you have to do for business accounts. But I do think it's likely that if you are using all the format options, you will see a benefit. So maybe you don't have to do them every single week like a creator, but I do think that having grids, stories, reels, and some IGTV, and also maybe some guides, is going to stand you in good stead overall. I can't guarantee this because Instagram have not come out and said it, but I think it's highly likely that the algorithm is going to like your account if you are sharing across all the different format options. And then there were rumors that shares were given more weight by the algorithm and we were wondering if that was to kind of get the guides off the ground and again, is that because they were trying to sneakily rival Pinterest or not? Again, these are rumors though, that shares were kind of the top factor that uh, is given consideration by the algorithm. So you wanted a post to have shares the most, then comments, um, then likes, etc. But we again, that is a rumor and we don't know. I feel like we need to sing the Bananarama song when it's, I heard a rumor, I heard a rumor, whenever we can, maybe I can get the rights to the Bananarama song and we can just play a little snippet of that whenever we think it could be a rumor that's going on. So um, these are always a little bit long, our platform related podcasts, because there's always so much that's happened in the last year, right? But just in terms of the formats, it's just reels launching and really taking off. Stories have just really uh, just embedded now. Everyone loves them. Everyone's doing them. Um, and so no major changes there. IGTV, really nice tweaks to try and get that more embedded and guides. And then as I've said, no major algorithm changes. 
So one thing that I want to touch on as quite another quite a major thing, which is the theme and trend around Instagram, which I again talked about in my previous podcast, is Instagram shopping. So Instagram shopping was not new last year. You know, Instagram shopping's now been around for a while, but shoppable post stories and now shoppable reels, it's all moving in the shopping direction. And in the US, you've been able to check out within the app. And we do think 2021 is probably gonna be the year where, cha-ching, you can actually just buy with an Instagram without ever leaving Instagram. So Facebook pay is probably gonna be the biggest game changer coming, we think. So if you sell physical products, then get yourself approved to have Instagram shopping. You can't have shopping if you don't have physical products and you also have to apply. So you can't just automatically get it. You need an existing e-commerce platform or a Facebook catalog within Business Manager. You need to connect your products to your Instagram account. Then you will submit it for review and then fingers crossed, you will get approved. So someone was talking about spammy hacks where if you're a service business, you could maybe just set up and sell notebooks as merch and then suddenly you can sneakily try and sell maybe like an ebook. not a good idea. It's good now because creators can sell merchandise and things like that with their Instagram shopping, but never try and do sort of weird spammy workarounds. The reason Instagram want physical products is because they want Instagram shopping to be about physical products. They do not want it to be about selling spammy eBooks on how to grow a seven figure or eight figure business with your social media consultancy. And then one of my favorite things about Instagram shopping that's called is live streaming shopping. So when you go live, you can then embed products and people can buy directly from your live stream. So basically it's QVC for the new generation, which I'm a little bit obsessed by. I think this is a bit of a game changer, uh, particularly for influencer marketing actually, because if you've got influencers live streaming and using your products, then obviously you can have them tag your products and it's really easy for them to track that back to their activity for their own monetization and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, live stream shopping, we think, very exciting. I definitely would be buying Trini Stack products when Trini is live streaming and she's doing her, you know, how to use the products and things like that. And she puts maybe her uh, amazing kind of face lifting BFF cream on, looks great. Suddenly I bought it, it's in, wing its way to me and I get it, you know, the next day or whatever and there I am, I've got it. So this is very much a seamless experience that's gonna be happening, particularly when I don't even have to leave Instagram in order to buy it. So very exciting if you do have physical products. I'm a little bit jealous for all you businesses out there that do have physical products. I might just create some merch for Digital Mums just so I can use it. And just another couple of things I wanted to mention, uh, nothing major, nothing like what I've been going through so far. Uh, just a few things. So. In 2020, Instagram came to Creator Studio. So if you go into Creator Studio, you can now sync your Instagram. If you're not sure what Creator Studio is, I'm not gonna go into lots of detail on it. It's essentially just a one-stop shop where you can kind of upload your media. You can also get basic analytics for that to see which was performing well, etc. So just Google it, go and check out Creator Studio, but you now have Instagram in your Creator Studio. It's useful for small businesses, even though it was designed for creators, hence the name. If you are a small business, then it is quite useful to just kind of manage your Instagram posts, get your basic insights. You can kind of schedule, including scheduling like IGTV videos. Um, so it's, it's kind of useful for a smaller business. We use Later as a scheduling tool. Personally for Instagram, we think it is way better and it lets you, you know, suggest hashtags and things like that. It's just really good, but you know, if you're a one person band, you don't have the budget, then do check out Creator Studio because you could find it, it is useful for you. And what they've also launched is professional dashboard. So if you go into your Instagram, you can see professional dashboard sitting there, you click into that. And again, it's easier then to track your insights. Um, you can also manage branded content in there. So if you are working with influencers, uh, you know, tracking again, monetized options for content, that's kind of done within there. And something that is really useful for a smaller business is saved replies. So if people always ask you the same questions, you know, you've got FAQs basically, you can have saved replies 
So that just stops you from having to just keep continually typing the same thing out over and over again. And if you don't have shopping, you can set up shopping from within your professional dashboard as well if you've, if you've got, you know, products to sell. So that's sort of all the main changes really. And the only other thing I think to mention with regards to trends on Instagram for 2021 is more culture, it's more cultural issues. So uh, again, you must have been living under a rock if you didn't notice that Black Lives Matter was huge on Instagram and quite rightly and thankfully so. And that has really shifted an awareness towards diversity. And we are really seeing an impact uh, coming out of this so when we go into Instagram we're noticing that there are there's a lot more diversity happening we've particularly noticed this with publishers like women's health definitely more women of color going on in their feed uh, more influencers and things like that so we've definitely noticed and what that just means is you need to take this much more seriously from a moral perspective not just a marketing perspective so just be far more aware of the diversity in the nature of what you're doing on your Instagram. Just be on the right side of history is all I can say on that one. Um, you can also now pin comments. So if you are getting a lot of negativity on a post, maybe you're you know touching on something controversial, then you can pin the comments that are either maybe the more positive ones or ones that are you know just of more interesting to the debate you know maybe less trolly so that means that when people then land on that post if there's lots of comments they will just see the ones that you want them to see now don't do this to kind of whitewash your bad customer reviewers because you should be taking any negative customer uh, experiences very seriously as a brand um, so don't try and kind of delete or like whitewash people that have come in and said things that are maybe not so nice about your products. You know, just be authentic and open. And this speaks to the culture on Instagram moving forward as well. You know, I think you do need to just be more open and honest as a brand. I think what that also means is people want to see the faces behind the brands even more than they did before. They want to know who they're buying from and what those people stand for. So I think, again, that can feed into your real strategy, it can feed into your story strategy in terms of your content. And we've also seen that Instagram are really cracking down on one of our pet hates at Digital Mums, and that is when people share content that is essentially an ad. So maybe it's an affiliate where they get a kickback for every sale that was made, and they are not saying that it's an ad, they're not saying it's sponsorship, so anything where you are getting anything for free, like free products, affiliate link, kickbacks, any of that type of stuff, you have to say this is an ad. You have to say hashtag ad. And so they're really sort of clamping down on that. And then again, more in the kind of culture and diversity and accessibility and inclusion space, they're just making it a lot more easy to kind of auto caption your content, which is obviously just makes it a lot more accessible. So auto caption stories, auto caption reels, etc. And then one final thing to mention, which is just nothing to do with anything that I've discussed so far, really, and it's more about uh, Instagram potentially trying to monetize in other ways other than through just, you know, data sales and ads and things like that. And that is uh, a rumor. It's, no, it's not a rumor. It's something that was tested, not a rumor, something that was being tested, is Instagram charging to put links in captions. So obviously at the moment, the only way to have a link is either in the bio or if you've got more than 10,000 followers, you can do a swipe up. So they were, I think Matt Navarro said that he'd seen that they were testing swipe up link options for accounts that had less than 10,000 followers and also Instagram throwing out an option to charge people to put links in captions. So uh, apparently Facebook said, this was just an idea that came out in like a hackathon where loads of developers just came up with different ideas and they would not implement it. But the swipe up, if you have less than 10,000 followers that was being tested, they didn't come out and say that they wouldn't implement that. So I know a lot of smaller businesses would very much want that swipe up function, right? So that's something that hopefully for you guys could come in 2021. Thankfully, Digital Moms have um, well passed our 10,000 follower mark now, so we have it. But if you're a newer business trying to get your business off the ground, hopefully, fingers crossed, 2021 could be the year for you. So uh, always a mega podcast episode. Let me just very quickly recap. Obviously, we talked a lot about reels. So the key thing there is to experiment and have a go at creating reels. Don't use 
your TikTok reels or have TikTok watermarks or anything like that. Stories, you should be doing them already. And if you're not, why not? And you really need to be if you're not already. Hugely important to be doing your stories content. IGTV, have a go. The easiest way to get involved with IGTV is just to do some live streams and pop them onto your um, IGTV. And then why not have a go at creating some guides, whether it's places, products, or just posts, either your posts or other people's, add value with those. No major algorithm changes that came out other than we know that they love reels. Uh, lots of rumors though, I heard a rumor. And then Instagram shopping, only gonna get bigger with in-app payment options, live streaming, shopping, all sorts of exciting things there if you have physical products. Do check out Creator Studio if you don't already have a scheduling tool and go and play around and have a look in the professional dashboard. Particularly best thing for smaller businesses, I do think, is saved replies for those commonly asked questions because anything you can do to save you time is good. And then just make sure culturally, with regards to diversity, inclusion and accessibility, that you are um, doing the right things, not token things, like actually do start to take this really seriously for your brand if you're not already. So I hope you've enjoyed my roundup of what's been going on on Instagram in the last year and what that means for you going forward. I'm also gonna be doing exactly the same for the other social media platforms. Subscribe to our podcast to get first notice of these.